Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are going to be continuing the conversation today about how critical it is to fear the Lord. And it's not a request by him, it's a command by him. And throughout the Bible, the fear of the Lord can truly be studied. You know, in in the ministry in which I'm a part of, we have been discussing the fear of the Lord. And whenever you understand truly what it means and then you look at this world undeniably you can see that people do not fear the lord today and it is the root cause for the mess of this world today as we know true followers are in continuous fear of the lord and it's fear with trembling please listen to fear the lord part one so that you can be up to date on the conversation and everything that we have discussed from the bible because we're going to be continuing the conversation today amen you know many when they're beginning to attend church they do fear the lord or many when they pray the prayer of repentance they also fear the lord but when god starts giving them and giving people like you and me what we need people feel that they have his favor because they look at it as they're being blessed and because of that which is a very dangerous place to be when you feel that you were in the favor of the lord that is when you lose fear that is when people become so confident thinking that they are okay with god and then they become spoiled Amen. This is why many churches are creating activities and programs, which is essentially busy work. They're not out doing the real work. They're keeping the congregation busy, and they think that God approves that because the tithes keep coming. Very dangerous. It's very dangerous to look at getting everything that you need, as in God approves what you're doing. Many people can release money from their pockets without God's guidance, so it's critical today that you and I remain sensitive in the Lord and see in the spirit and understand that everything that we do may not be approved by God. Amen. And when you fear the Lord, this should not be a problem. It really is sad today because there's many churches, it seems as though their number one goal and what they're actually executing is making people feel comfortable. And this undoes fear and this prevents wisdom from the Lord. Why does it prevent wisdom? Well, we know that fear is the beginning of wisdom. If the people don't fear, then they will not gain wisdom. You know, even the demons are in the churches today because today, even the demons know that Christians aren't going to react due to fear that their anger will show. And then someone will say, I thought you were a Christian. Christianity is not about being nice. It's about being wise. And we need wisdom. We need wisdom. You know, Jesus was nice, but he was wise. So you will be a nice, gentle person because you fear the Lord, right? Those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. But when you fear him, wisdom will begin. So when you're in these situations where you feel as though somebody is challenging you or it is a demonic attack, through wisdom and fearing the Lord, God is going to tap on your heart and he's going to tell you how to respond. Amen. Today, there's this false teaching that Christians need to be only nice. And again, you will be nice, but you also aren't going to let people say whatever they want. 
right? So again, when does wisdom stop? Wisdom stops when fear in the Lord is lost. You lose fear, you lose wisdom. You were only wise on the first day you repented because you lost fear. And ultimately, many today are growing too confident that God is their friend. I've shared this before, but some churches are even singing a song that says, I am a friend of God. And that doesn't even glorify God, that glorifies the person. You see how easy it is for the enemy to slip in there and manipulate just because the drums sound nice, the music sound nice, the build is nice, but the message is wrong and God is not pleased with that. Amen. Did you know that humility is the product of fear in the Lord? So humility equals fear of the Lord. When we fear the Lord in trembling, we lose self-confidence in ourselves, right? We no longer have confidence in ourselves. And this keeps us humble. This keeps our knees bended before God. And that is a very good place to be. Amen. So in fear, we understand he can do anything. And we understand whatever we are achieving today is because the Lord allowed it. We also realize the Lord can stop our achievements, right? When we fear the Lord, we realize that the Lord can stop our achievements. He can make and create, right? He has made and created all things. So certainly he can stop our achievements. We are just creations ourselves. Amen. So when we fear him with trembling, humility is truly genuine right? It's not, I'm trying to be nice. I'm a Christian. But one day you will be hit with anger from something you encounter and you're going to explode. And it's going to be known that you only had man-made humility, not the humility that God brings, that fearing God brings. Amen. I want to read in Proverbs 22, and I'm going to read in verse four. It says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. So those who fear the Lord, they get zero chastisement. What's chastisement? That's discipline, but abounding spiritual direction. Amen. So there are times when we fail to listen to the Lord, so we get disciplined, right? And there are those who do not get disciplined. Why don't they get disciplined? Because they fear the Lord. They have belief in the Lord and they obey what he says. So no chastisement for them, but instead they get direction and they get the guidance from the Lord. Isn't that great? See, you know, if people would listen the first time they hear the good news, they really can't avoid chastisement. It's not good to be led by a spanking after a spanking after a spanking, discipline after discipline after discipline. That's no way to live. If you just obey the words, then you're going to gain wisdom and you're going to gain guidance from the Lord. Amen. You know, John chapter 10 verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. That's a capital M my voice and I know them and they follow me. So how will Jesus know you unless you obey his voice? Unless you fear him? How can you obey the Lord if you cannot follow what he says? You can't. You know, it even took Moses 40 years to convince the Hebrews that they were living the wrong way. These people would not obey. They would not truly humble themselves and fear the Lord. Continuing in John 10, 28, it says, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand, and I and my Father are one. So there's a fear that must stay. And again, a fear is a deep respect. 
right? So when, when you consider what fearing the Lord looks like, you fear making him displeased and sad with you. So the fear of the Lord makes the person follow the Lord all the time, not some of the time, not just on Sundays. It's all the time. Even if the Lord is silent, we fear because we don't know what to do next. We don't want to mess up. We fear of making a mistake. And because we fear, we get no chastisement and we just get guidance. Doesn't that sound great? Imagine that life, which is achievable today through the Holy Spirit, fearing the Lord obeying everything that he says, no more discipline, only direction and guidance from the Lord. And even still, knowing that this is so clear today, some people, they take so long to grow. They're so slow to move their feet into their calling because they want to do it their way. Can you relate to that? There was once a time in my life where I wanted to do everything my way. This is because of self confidence. This is because many today, they want to be in charge of their own life and they do not fear or listen to the commands of God. Why? Because they want to be comfortable, right? They do not fear the Lord. So the person takes years and years to grow. You know, the holy fear of the Lord is necessary for salvation. Do you think the church knows this? The holy fear of the Lord. Do you think the church today is preaching this everywhere? Do you think that the church really knows this today. Look at all the churches in your surrounding area. Do you think that this is being preached? And the evidence is going to be what you see in this world. You know, I fear the consequence of not believing in God. What's the consequence? Hell. If you don't understand hell, how can you fear it? If you don't understand the level of weeping and gnashing of teeth and how terrible it's going to be for those who are sent there for eternity, how can you fear it? How can you preach the warning if you yourself do not fear the warning? So this is why I asked, do you think the church knows this? Is the church teaching about hell and what it entails? Is the church teaching about uh, Satan, our enemy, and his many tactics so that we can be knowledgeable? Is the church teaching these consequences? So unless people are understanding the bad news, how can they understand that they must believe what he says? Instead, many pastors are assuring people that they're going to heaven if they pray this prayer, but that person cannot return back and blame that pastor for false assurance. There's many pastors today saying to their congregations, their whole congregations, they look out blindly into the congregation and they assure the people that they are saved. You and me cannot assure anybody that they are saved. It is up to us to work out our own salvation. And we spent time discussing this in detail in part one, but read Philippians 2. We are called to work out our own salvation. So you and I are the only ones that are going to have an idea if we fear the Lord or not. I'll go ahead and I'll read Philippians 2.12 just as a review. But Paul says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have also obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Right? Paul didn't say do works to be saved. He said work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul is encouraging you and me to fear the Lord. Amen. Even in Luke chapter 12, I'll read verses four to five. It says, and I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. And after that, no more they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him 
who, after he has killed, has the power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Who's him? It's Jesus. He can do both. He can do both. What do I mean by both? He can deal with your body and your soul. Fear him. Fear the king. There are hundreds of verses in the Old Testament alone warning people to fear the Lord. Fear the creator. Again, I mentioned this earlier. Fear the creator because we are just creations. We are his creations. Amen. I want to take you to Psalms chapter 111. I'm going to be reading verse 10. And it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Amen. Proverbs 1 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So I ask you, are you making progress? No. Maybe you're a fool. If I'm not making progress, maybe I'm a fool. You must fear the Lord and you must pray for his guidance and instructions or you will surely be a fool. And don't be offended because somebody says this to you that you are a fool. Jesus said it first. In Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 18, it says, For in much wisdom is much grief, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. What does this even mean? Have you ever observed how depressed the prophets are and how they weeped in the Bible? Why? Because of the wisdom they got from God. But why are they so sad? And maybe even today your pastor is so sad. Maybe people like you and me are so sad. Why? Because of the wisdom from God. Their wisdom and God was allowing them to become closer to God. So they were seeing their surroundings, right? They're gaining this wisdom. They see the way they ought to be. And then they look at this world. Imagine, imagine being so sad, seeing others not responding to God, seeing others not fearing God. They weep because of lukewarmness. They're praying that others serve him genuinely and with quality because remember there's a standard we need to be acceptable with fear and trembling, constant fear and trembling, not intermittent fear and trembling. It's constant. You can look at your family and friends. You know, many, again, they say they believe, but they have no fear. Some who you love cannot even commit to one Sunday. It's sad today desiring souls for the kingdom of God, but not seeing any progress. Even today, people say we're two or three are gathered. They think God will come, right? So they're saying God's going to come when we're ready. So instead of them waiting on the Lord, they make him wait. Who am I referring to? Are you late to church? Can you not commit to being on time for the Sabbath? Are you going to make God wait for you? Who is God to you that he waits on you? We should be there prepared and ready for the time that we have committed to. Today, many don't have any respect. They have no fear. And there are churches today. Imagine a church with 400 people and only 10 are on time. So by the time you get to the closing remarks, all 400 people are in the congregation. Not only does that distract from the message, God's not happy with that. Your pastor shouldn't be happy with that. That's behavior that needs corrected. Imagine that church where the fear of God is nowhere to be found. Don't the people fear the holiness of God and what he says? The Sabbath is holy. This disease is spreading throughout the churches today. It's throughout the world. Join me and pray that God brings fear to them. Because without fear, how can we believe? How can we take Jesus seriously? Remember, Paul encourages us to work on our own salvation with fear and trembling. So how are you sure that you are going to wake up in heaven? If you ask me that, no matter how many people assume 
of my salvation, I'm not going to believe anybody. I better have some idea of where I'm going, still with some insecurity, praying and praying for guidance. We're not called to be prideful who fool themselves. Do not be filled with pride. Do not deceive yourself into thinking that you are the exception to not fearing God. You must fear God or you're going to be a true fool. And I ask you this, do you have a security system in your house? This signals the owner or operator to have the police called when the sensor goes off, perhaps the fire department, right? It's meant to give the owner a sense of preparation to deal with a potential problem. Even security influences our ability to relax and not worry. But what about eternal security? We know that our soul lives on, but where will we end up? And more importantly, how do we get there? What's needed? I have the answer, and I'm sure you do too at this point. I'm sure your notes are flooded with the answer. And the answer is you have to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord must be taught to all. It must be taught to you and me. We cannot tell someone that they have eternal security because they are saved. Instead, we ought to preach the fear of the Lord and to preach that we all need to work out our own individual salvation. Because again, look at this world. There's so many crimes. There's witchcraft. Even in children's cartoons, there's Satan teachings. There's immorality, right? There's many more and many are living complacent lives without fear of the Lord. How can someone be so sure of themselves in the flesh? And this is why I stress a little insecurity. It keeps us on our knees before him. Even on my deathbed, though I might be involved with this or that ministry, maybe I wrote this book, maybe I send out this podcast, I'm going to be begging Jesus to save me. Lord, please take me. Please take me, Lord. Please see my heart. Please take me. You know, even many today, they still only attend virtual church, even though the church buildings have opened up since COVID-19. Did you know that worship is designed to be in the assembly where two or three are actually gathered, not virtually? The Bible even tells us, do not forsake the assembly. But still, there are those who are lazy to attend church because they don't fear the Lord. They found more comfort in turning on their TVs and their laptops and streaming live so that they can see the service. Those who cannot commit their Sabbath to the Lord, they don't fear the Lord. This is lukewarm Christianity, and we've talked about this before. Why? Because there's no fear. People have elected to live lives where they are only comfortable. And when we're constantly in comfort, we will not grow. Remember the story of Jonah? God was going to destroy Nineveh because of the way the people were living. He sent Jonah to Nineveh to preach to them the fear of the Lord. And the Bible tells us that Nineveh was filled with wicked people, not because they were committing crimes and murdering. They were wicked for not fearing the Lord. I want to remind you of the parable of the talents. And I'm going to be reading in Matthew chapter 5, verse 24. And it says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look. There you have what is yours. 26, but the Lord answered and said to the servant, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gave where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. So this servant was also wicked. 
not because they committed a crime, but because they did not fear the Lord. Right? We know that story. One servant hid his talent. That was not a crime. He did nothing with the talent. Nothing. And this is why the Lord called him wicked and lazy. So again, I didn't say that. The Lord said that. The servant had no fear in the Lord. So even in the story of Jonah, Nineveh repented after the preaching of Jonah to recognize God. Recognize him. Fear him. The way that they lived, so easygoing, no fear. The people fasted and prayed and humbled themselves, no matter their status and wealth. Even the most wealthiest person bended their knees and humbled themselves before the Lord. Even in the days of Noah, he was preaching of the fear of the Lord day after day, telling the people, and they didn't listen. People continued to live their lives in comfort, continuing their celebrations without fear, and suddenly they were washed away by the Lord, right? Many today, they want to preach a false God who understands, but clearly God is not a respecter of person. Have you ever heard of the phrase, when the cat is away, the mice will play? Essentially, what this means is when there's no authority, the mice can relax. They can no longer be alert and prepared. They don't need to follow the rules anymore. Even Paul taught us that work should not change with the presence of authority. So in the phrase, when the cat is away, the mice will play, the cat is the authority over the mice. So we do not work for eye service. Amen? Did you know that God is the object of fear? I want to take you to Isaiah chapter 8 verse 13 and it says the Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. So it says let him be your fear, let him be your dread. But what does this mean? So when we think of what it means to let him be your dread, this means let your anxiety and worry be caused by the thought of him not being happy with you, right? Let us be filled with dread when we think of the Lord not being happy with us. I want to take you to Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 36, and it says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city of which you say it shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword, by the famine, by the pestilence. 37. Behold, I will gather them out of all countries where I have driven them in my anger, in my fury, and in great wrath. I will bring them back to this place and I will cause them to dwell safely. So in verse 37, which we just read, behold, I will gather them out of all countries where I have driven them in my anger, in my fury, and in great wrath, I will bring them back to this place and I will cause them to dwell safely. So we can understand that the Lord was angry with the Hebrews and that they were scattered. But he's saying here, he will make it safe for them. 38, they shall be my people and I will be their God. So we see shall here. So we know that that's going to happen without a doubt. 39, then I will give them one heart in one way and they may fear me forever for the good of them and their children after them. Wow. So how long? How long are they going to fear him, the Lord? Forever. Forever. For the good of who? Not just them, but also their children. So our consistency in fearing the Lord not only impacts ourselves as an individual, but it's going to impact our children and after them. That's what that verse confirms right there. Verse 40, 
and I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from doing them good and I will put my fear in their hearts so that they will not depart from me. We understand that the fear of the Lord provided something everlasting, cannot be destroyed. It is lasting forever. We also learn that it's God that puts fear in us. He is the author of fear. So not only is the Lord the object of fear, he is the author of fear. Amen. So only you know if you fear the Lord. Others might be able to guess based on how you live your life and based on the things that you do and say, but you are truly the only one who's going to have an idea of if you fear the Lord. Remember that fear is the beginning of wisdom. And the Lord said here, so they will not depart from me. Fear keeps us together with God. Wow. You know, today there's so many that think they're going to escape hell without fear from the Lord. There's many today that are going to continue the celebrations like in the days of Noah. They're going to continue. They're going to continue to live their lives to bring as much comfort to themselves as possible. And they're going to neglect the Lord. They're going to fail to recognize the Lord. And it's happening now. That's happening now. Help me. By preaching this, by sharing this to others, it is so important that we are aware of if we fear the Lord. It is so important that we are working out our own salvation. And it is so important that we continue to spread the gospel to expose the false teachers that are giving this false assurance of where your soul is going to end up. Because there's going to be many who are going to be shocked on those last days. Do you fear the Lord? Be encouraged to share. Be encouraged by what I've shared here today. And I didn't teach it. I shared it, but it wasn't my original teaching. God wants us to know about this. Yes, he wants to manifest in our lives. He wants to be revealed to us in all the things that he says for our own good. But he also wants us to be revealed to ourselves. He wants fear from the people. We must fear the Lord with trembling. It's a must. It's a must. This is shared with the love of the Lord. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.